0: Welcome everybody to this week's episode of Roots. And uh, I have my beautiful, wonderful wife, Megan, in the studio today. We're gonna be doing a part two to episode 18's debunking popular misconceptions about dating and marriage. Uh, If you wanna listen to that one first, it would be helpful because we're gonna be pulling from the same sources I talked about in that episode uh, to kinda get these misconceptions about dating and marriage. Particularly like Christian misconceptions, but also there are some in here that will not be from that perspective. And just for some context, Megan, how long have we been married? Right now it's December of 2022. When did we get married?
1: May 13th. So it's been about seven
0: months. It's about Almost seven been. months. So we, like I said in that episode, we are complete experts. There is not a single area of marriage that we have not Um, become experts in in our seven months. They've been a really effective seven months. I don't know if you feel the same way. I
1: think that joke is so stupid. You said that last episode. Well, that's
0: because I thought we were actually like that experienced, But now, you know, with the extra like couple months that we've had, now I know that it's like we really know a lot. Um, But in all reality, of course we don't very – we, of course, we don't know very much about marriage, but we're going to talk as uh, honestly as we can with the experience that we do have. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan, how's your you know weekend going? It's a Saturday. We've had a slow morning. Mm-hmm. Let's just, before we get into the nitty-gritty, tell the people how you're doing.
1: Well, people, great to be here again. Very excited. Um, my weekend is, is going pretty good, but I do have a bit of a head cold. So if you catch me sniffling a little bit, Please forgive me in advance. I am trying to be very aware of it to minimize the amount, but sometimes it just happens. As right? the editor
0: for the show, I really appreciate that. You're welcome. You're doing it for me. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, no, it's, life's going good.
0: Also, something exciting is this upcoming week, we are going to go on the Boundless show, which is a focus on the family podcast that's been running for I think it's like 15 years now. We're in the like, they are in the 700s as far as like episodes releasing. It's about, you know, young adults and dating and just like navigating the world as a young person. We get to go on that show because of Roots. We did the last episode about debunking, you know, common myths about dating and marriage. And we get to go and talk about that on Boundless, which is pretty awesome. It's our first, you know, featured appearance as a a Roots duo here. And Mm -hmm. I'm just want to let you guys know that. I'll put a link to that show in the show notes. So this will be part two to that one. Uh, Any other thoughts before we jump into this hat game? Oh, I probably should explain the hat game for those who haven't listened. I guess you can. So I've printed out a bunch of common misconceptions about dating and marriage. Uh, Printed out a bunch of them with, you know, using three websites as my source material. I listed those in the last episode. I will list them below. One of those was actually boundless, funny enough. Great. Uh, Cut them all out. Put them in my hat here, my Viper router bit screen and white hat, one of my favorites. And we're going to take turns taking the hat, pulling out a misconception, pitching it to the other person, and the other person has to give the first thought on the misconception. Is it valid? Is it not valid? How have we navigated that? And then we pass the baton or pass the hat in mm-hmm. this example. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go first, okay. unless you have anything else to say.
1: No, let's just let's dive in.
0: Dive in. Here we go. I'm going to take this one here. Get some nice foley for that. Here we go. Megan. All the good ones are already taken. In dating, when you're looking for a spouse, <laughs> all the good ones are taken. All the good ones, all the unicorns get snagged up in like junior year of high school. Everyone's taken. Mm. What do you say to that?
1: Well, I think it's a little silly. Um, nice. I think. I think I can understand where some people come from, especially if this is coming from someone maybe post-college. They didn't meet someone. And now you're swimming in this weird world where there's no—there's not nearly as many opportunities pre that. Um, But I do think it's a little defeatist. And I also think it entirely neglects the reality, at least that we're coming from, in that it's never— like. If the Lord has someone for you, he will bring him to you mm-hmm. or her, if you're a man. Um, so I think it, it, it leans very heavily on the side of like, it's up to me to find the person that I need to—it it puts so much pressure on yourself um, and neglects the role that the Lord has in it. Uh, but in addition, I think it almost elevates men. If, you're, if you look at some and, and they're not good enough in your eyes— I don't know, you might be setting a bar a bit too high. Mm -hmm. Of course, there are situations in which a man or woman, you know, is not fit for you, whether they're not a believer or if their faith is not very strong or founded. You know, there's a lot of different things. But in general, if you're just like, oh, they're not perfect Mm -hmm. or, oh, they're not as kind as some of the—like, I don't know. I think, once again, there's a a line, but— To be careful to not just dismiss men or women because they don't initially seem like the good guy, the perfect person. A lot of times you really have to get to know someone, to look past their flaws and realize that there will always be flaws, you know?
0: Yeah, and we talked about that in the last episode. I think it's important to look at what does good even mean Mm -hmm. in this context. All the good ones are already taken. Um, There are godly young men and women you know, in churches serving well all over this country. And obviously I can't speak for people outside of the U.S. because I live in the U.S., but I'm sure it's true in your country uh, as well. Also, you know, there could be a couple areas in the United States or worldwide where all the good ones are taken, where like all of the prospects that are similarly aged, similar faith are married. And I think what's important then is to not, you know, have a misery loves company attitude and like, oh, I'm just going to, all the good ones are taken. I'm just going to be really sad about it. But to look at the opportunity God is calling you into, Mm -hmm. to maybe being single for a while, or, you know, listening to his call if he's calling you somewhere else. Not that you should, you know, make any big moves for Mm -hmm. finding a spouse, but I don't know. I think it all depends on your definition of good, but also like, if there are no prospects, like we're not guaranteed a prospect. That could be good. That could be God's plan, Yeah, uh, though it that comes kind of callous from me because I'm married to a wonderful woman. So it's (laughs) take that with as many grains of salt as you like because I'm married. But yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, I think that uh, also just points out another flaw of elevating marriage. um, As like the end goal. Yeah. Yeah. If there's no one in your life right now that you're interested in and you really want to get married, lean into the season you have. Of course, you know, you can continue to, Pray and seek the Lord and make your desires known to him and trust him with them. But to not neglect all of the good things that are in your life now, it's so easy to get caught up in. I just want someone that you mm-hmm. miss all the perks of singleness. Like as someone who's married, and I'm not, I haven't been married very long once again, but there are definitely moments that there are, that I miss things about Singleness. Yeah. Not to say I regret getting married or anything, but there are just perks to it that you don't really realize until you're married.
0: And you don't have to feel weird saying that because Paul says the same thing. Mm-hmm. He's like, listen, singleness is like what I recommend for ministry. And mm-hmm. he was obviously living in a different time where like the church is under persecution. He has to travel extensively, live on his own. He didn't really, it didn't really make sense for Paul to have family obligations on top of his obligations of planting the churches that set the foundation for the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. But like his words are still true. Like it's an advantage to be single. You can serve the Lord wholeheartedly. You don't mm-hmm. have to take care of someone else really for the rest of your life. Yeah. And so singleness is also very elevated in scripture.
1: Mm-hmm. But yeah. Those are my thoughts.
0: Great. Pass the hat. Megan, you're up. All right. All right.
1: I'm going to pick this thick one. All right. I'm ready. Alexander. God has one woman and one man picked out for you to marry. <laughs> Both? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. You are destined to be with that one person and guide, God will guide you to her or him.
0: Hmm. Here's what's hilarious is I am a Calvinist. Oh I Oh my this, god. Megan, okay. I I'm reformed. I uh, I look at passages like how the Lord, you know, man plans his steps, but but God, man plans his way, but God orders his steps, something like that. Um, <laughs> something listen, like that. Listen, okay, I don't have the references pulled up, but when I see verses like that and I see, you know, the story of Joseph, how what man planned for evil, God determined for good. I see a plan that God is moving throughout the universe. And I know different Christians won't land on that spectrum. So in a way,
1: in, in a
0: way, I think that you can have the opinion that there is one spouse for you. However, however, that is very different than saying and agreeing with what I think that misconception was speaking to, which is there is a soulmate. There is one person that of all the people will be easiest for me to be married to Mm -hmm. and will be the best match for me. Mm -hmm. Whoever you get married to, for example, like for me and you, I believe that like it was in God's plan for us to be married. Mm -hmm. I believe God guided me and enlightened me to your beauty, your attractiveness, your like my love for you. (laughs) You're chuckling. (laughs) I love you, Megan. And I believe that God guided us through that. But in my decision-making, I chose to commit to you, and I believe that, yeah, that was something that mm-hmm. God predestined. But I will say that being married to you seven months now, I know that we don't get along as good as you might think a soulmate would. You know, I know <laughs> <if> two.
1: <laughs> Yikes! To, okay.
0: If you have if you have this idea in your head of one predestined person for you to marry, I think what comes along with that is one person who just gets me and the chemistry is unbeatable. And of all the people on this earth right now, they are particularly tuned to my wants and needs and Mm -hmm. desires Mm -hmm. and love languages. And when we get married, it'll just, uh, once I find that one, that'll be the best of all of them. And sure, it won't be perfect, but it'll be the best. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm naive enough to think that you and I have that relationship because that's what we want. Humans want a fleshly we, we have a fleshly, selfish desire for a spouse that is perfectly attuned to them. But I think what God has called me into, into this marriage, is being with someone that's not like me. And s- instead of finding those things that annoy me about you, for example, instead of finding those and being like, oh, she's not the one, she's not perfectly attuned to me, appreciating those and having this be like a relationship where we fill in each other's gaps, I think that's a better mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's a, little, it's a little interesting answer because I do think there's one, but there isn't one that is perfect for you. I think that's a good way of mm. saying that. Does that make sense? Can oh, you yeah. be a sounding board here?
1: Yeah, no, I agree. I, <laughs> the, the way you prefaced it with kind of agreeing surprised me. But I do see your point. The Lord knows who you will be with. So in, in this weird, tw- like, upside down kind of way, yes. Um, but that would not be my actual answer. Um, I think that that... Like, I just agree with what you're saying. I don't think that's realistic at all. Um, and I think that is what sometimes people get tripped up on is this this pressure and stress of, like, is this, is this the person who I'm going to be with forever? I don't know. I don't know. And obviously, you should take that. Decision very seriously, but not necessarily from the lens of like, is, did I find the one or is there someone else who's going to be better? Is just a very unhealthy mentality to go into dating and engagement and marriage with. Um, that's something I didn't have a hard time understanding, honestly, while we were dating. Because if you know me and if you don't allow me to explain a bit about myself, I'm not very emotional at all. I often don't, like, feel, like, in love. A lot of times I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Like, it's it's mm-hmm. a very—I'm a very practical person. So when dating Alex, I did, you know, like you a lot, all right? So I'm, I don't want to say I had no emotions in it because that's not true. Mm-hmm. But there were a lot of moments, like, that I—you know, you come to the question of, like, okay, do I actually want to be with this person forever? And I think— I reached the point where it wasn't so much, like, is it going to be okay? Like, will our marriage be, like, good? Because I realized no matter who I who I decided to marry, no matter what our lives looked like, like, our marriage is going to be what we choose to make of it mm-hmm. and what we—and how we choose to, like, walk with the Lord through it. And I also think if you think it's supposed to be perfect, you're forgetting that such a large part of marriage is sanctifying one another— and that comes from it being difficult mm-hmm. and, like, learning each other's flaws, calling each other out in love, you know, pushing them to treat you better or not talk with this tone. Or, like, you know, there's so many things that will come up in in any marriage that if you go in thinking that if that happens, that's a problem, then you're kind of setting yourself up for
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot of heartache. <laughs> so yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the temptation. This will be the last thing I say on this one. The temptation with, you know, acknowledging that yes, God does, like, declare the end from the beginning. God does order my steps. The temptation with that, with this particular misconception, which is, you know, one woman, one man picked out for you to marry. You're destined to be with that one person. God will guide you to her or him. Though theologically, I allow that. I think the temptation is to think. Well, I can just sit on my butt and wait for God to move, and it'll be easy right from the start because He's doing it. You know, He's doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth is, is I mean, Philippians says that it is God who works in us both to will and to work for His good pleasure. So God, mm-hmm. like, works inside of us to work for His good pleasure. Part of that does involve the search for a spouse if you feel called to that, if you want to be a husband or a wife, and. Um, When he destines you to be with one person, that's not any different than him, you know, ordering your other steps. You know, it's like it's not that you can take this attitude of lazy, laid back. God's going to work it out. So I'm not even going to try and steward myself well to be a good partner for this other person. Mm -hmm. Instead, you should just be faithful and trust that if you want to, if he's going to have you be married to someone, it's going to happen. That was an interesting answer. Yeah. Put it away. All right. My turn here, Megan Lenzer. Megan Seeley. Still, <laughs> still getting used to it. Here we go. <laughs> love is all you need. I'm assuming this is like <laughs> romantic love. Romantic love that is all like you need. sounds like
1: it's from one of the most cringy books I could ever read. <laughs> um, love is all true. you need. Romantic it's not love. true. Uh, you will never feel in love with a person forever. Even seven months into marriage, there are moments where I'm like, bro this man is getting under my skin. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no. I mean, this just kind of harkens right back to what you just said. Like the Lord is really the only one who will fully be able to satisfy you. And even, and I mean, in a way, that relationship is completely founded upon love. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, yes, love is all you need. If the love that you need is only coming from the Lord, that's the only time that that can be true. But even with the Lord, even like love will always be there, but it's not always going to feel like what I assume this misconception is referencing. It will not always feel like loving and adoration. Like sometimes your relationship will be tough. Sometimes it will be gritty. Sometimes you will not feel this joy or love for the Lord, even if you acknowledge that he is worthy of that, and I'm seeking to give him that. It's just that's just not how we function as human beings. We can never and maybe I'm speaking that's coming from me, someone who is very apathetic a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's just unrealistic for you to expect from any any person um because it's unrealistic for people to expect that of you mm-hmm. at the same time. So, yeah, if you go into a marriage expecting it, To always be so sweet and romantic and loving, do not get married. Do not get married. Um, Because it's about so much more like just learning how to humble yourself and acknowledge your errors and acknowledge that it's better to be selfless and to try and love someone else. It's, which so much of the time is really annoying and difficult yeah. um, but then once you get to the other end you realize like that's the fruit of marriage mm-hmm. is like growing as a person and I'm sure in 20 years I will be so much more patient and so much hopefully more- <laughs>
0: Hey y'all, hope you are enjoying the content. Quick thing, Uh, I am still hoping to give $100 away to a Roots listener. That is right, I am not completely broke, at least yet. Uh, All you have to do is leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Snag a screenshot of that review. DM it to me here on Instagram at roots.pod. Again, that's roots.pod. Uh, Once I receive 100 submissions, I will raffle off $100 to one lucky reviewer. Okay, that's all. Please do it. Get some cash, help the show, all the good stuff. Back to the show. Thanks. Every human being has a God-shaped hole in our hearts. And until we are satisfied in Him, we will continually try to find satisfaction in romantic love, in physical pleasure, in money, in power, in all of these things, we're trying to satisfy this yearning for meaning, for purpose, for identity that only God can give. So, when I read that question, I think of like, okay, what if, if romantic love is not all you need, what is all we need? What do we need as people? We need God. We need God in His entirety, in the person of Jesus, who is the only person who can love us fully, perfectly, in an all-satisfying way. So, in an answer to that question, I think I'd like to pivot to what, what do people actually need? People need Jesus, and we're going to be unsatisfied until we find Him. And if you look to a fallen, fleshly, sinful person to satisfy the needs of God in your life, like I said before, you're going to crush them with your expectations and you're not going to be fulfilled by that person. Mm. I don't think it's illogical to try and find satisfaction in a person because if you think about it, we're the only creation made in the image of God. And if we are chasing God and we have a God-shaped hole in our hearts, it would make sense to fixate on the person. Be like, okay, I have to find it in you. Mm -hmm. You are the closest thing that I need to be satisfied So I don't think it's illogical. I don't want to blame anyone for going on that route. There's a reason Hallmark movies are popular. Um, (laughs) But like, yeah, like we only, we just need God and romantic love will disappoint you if that is your primary Mm -hmm. seeking thing. I will say romantic love is a wonderful like frosting on top of the cake. Like I love having romantic moments with my wife, but if our relationship is built on the transaction of romantic love between us two then our commitment would be dictated on whether or not we are in a good mood or not. Because when we're not Mm -hmm. in a good mood, we're not good at loving each other. Mm -hmm. And that's a really hard way to live.
1: Yeah, I would say that. I'd say that. That's the truth. That's
0: the truth. You're next.
1: How many more of these are we going to do? I don't
0: know. I was checking the time. I feel like we should do... Let's do two more. Speed round? Oh, speed round. Let's do it. All right. Let's finish them.
1: Now, last speed round became a normal round, Alex. I need you to actually be speedy. I
0: will be speedy. I promise. (laughs) All
1: right. Men are only interested in a woman's looks.
0: Uh, a lot of times that's true, and that's not good. Uh, there, are, <laughs> there are Christian men out there that care more deeply than your looks. Go find them.
1: Yes. Agreed. All right. My spouse should always make me feel good about myself.
0: Um, a lot of times you need to call out your spouse in loving truth, and that will not make them feel good, but it's actually the most loving thing to do
1: amen amen and that sucks i can attest to that (laughs) dating will solve your loneliness
0: i know a lot of dating people that feel very lonely uh it's because we're looking for god Mm -hmm. and just finding a person will not make you not lonely
1: yeah 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 and i'll even quickly answer uh i right after i got married was one of the loneliest uh, times of my life actually because i may have gotten married but i also left everyone i knew and everywhere i knew Um, so that is entirely false. When you find the one, the relationship won't be work.
0: BS. (laughs) BS.
1: What a joke. Am I right?
0: That goes along with what we said before about the perfect person God has predestined you to marry. It doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Relationships are always work because everyone's sinful.
1: Yeah. And remember, it's all for sanctification. If you're working, you're doing something right. Amen. Uh, You'll meet your spouse when you stop looking. (laughs) 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 Oh, let me just not look. What? Oh, oh, there they are. No, I'm not even concerned. Is that a new? Sorry.
0: Those stories happen. It is not a pattern that you should rely on because it's not a promise laid out in Scripture. Bang.
1: No, I agree. Um, uh, I think if you're in a season where you're not looking and it happens, praise the Lord, but it is not wrong at all to date. Dating is fun. Like, when you're single, yeah, go out. Meet people. If you're interested in someone, you can totally go up and talk to them, all right? It's not bad to want to get married and be in a season where you're like, I'm kind of not only be open to it, but maybe take steps towards doing that. Yep. It's fun. Yeah. All right? Do it.
0: Um, it's also, it, you need to date to find a spouse, okay? And, and this will be a little longer because it's our last one. So that, that was the last misconception. I want to take a little bit more time for this. That was a great speed round. Did I do better? Bethany? Yes, much Thank better. You. Much Thank better. You. Appreciate it. Um, date well while you're single. It mm-hmm. is not bad to desire to be married. Um, You don't have to reach this status of, oh, I am fully adequate and in love with the Lord alone. Um, You don't have to reach that emotional or spiritual level Mm -hmm. for then God to unlock the spouse DLC. You know, that's just silly because God has allowed people to get married that weren't ready for it. And he actually works through that to sanctify the marriage, and it works out fine. Yeah. Um, Like I said before, like, I know people that have stopped looking for spouses and then found their spouse. I also know people like me who was looking for a spouse and found a spouse and got married, you know? So I don't think it's a pattern you should rely on. I do think as a healthy ethic in dating is you should not be – Chasing a spouse because of some of those other misconceptions because, oh, I'll just be, I'll finally be happy. I won't be lonely. People will have to, like, my spouse will have to love me well, and they will love me perfectly because they're the one. Mm-hmm. So, I mm. won't be happy until I find my spouse. Mm-hmm. I think that mentality is very unhealthy, and you will be disappointed when you find a spouse and marry them. Simple yeah. as that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I would agree. Great. Um, sorry, I, I, had, I, had a, I had a response, and then I got caught up thinking about it, and I actually forgot where we were starting. <laughs> what are we responding to? We're talking
0: about – okay. What was the last? <laughs> the last one that we're talking about Oh, you're talking about, about dating well. Dating well, yes.
1: Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, I would agree. Um, the One misconception that really changed my entire life dating-wise was when I read a book – Um, And I actually only read the first chapter, but my goodness, what a good chapter, chapter, um, by Christian Dunn, uh, who is a great uh, pastor, I know. Anyway, uh, but he was just talking about how dating and breaking up is not a failure. I remember that. I had never intentionally had the thought of if you date and break up, that is a failure. But it was one of those things that I subconsciously was like, I think. Like I was working under that assumption, um, and he just gave this really refreshing take of dating of, you can date, get to know someone, find out it doesn't work out, and praise the Lord, that's great. Like, that's fine. Um, as long as you're dating in a way that is, you know, honoring the Lord in, in, in the purest sense of getting to know someone and enjoying your time with them. And if it just doesn't work out, that's okay. And I— just remember feeling so freed because if you go into it with this pressure of, like, if we break up, oh, no, we broke up. I have baggage. That is not the case. You can genuinely just learn from that relationship and respect the other person. And I have I have, have a few instances of that in my life. And I look back on those people, and I I have nothing against them. They, as far as I know, <laughs> have nothing against me. Like, we have a, a good, healthy relationship— And I look back on, like, the dates I went on or, like, the relationship I was in, and I look back on it fondly because it was good memories, good moments. I had a good time with those people. But then I did just reach the point where I was like, I just don't think I see this being a long-term thing. And when you're straight up with the person and you make it clear, and it sounds so scary to so many girls specifically, to, like, go out on a date or two with someone and then just be very clear of, like, I don't think this will work. I do not want to date you. So often you see people like fall back on the, I just just don't know if it's the right time. Or like, I don't know. I just feel like maybe I'm not ready. Don't do that. All right? Because then the guy will be like, oh, is she saying that maybe later? Maybe, you know, that's always what guys, yeah. Guys are more romantic than we think. All right? They will be hoping for it. All right? So there was this one guy I dated in college. Well, I didn't date him. I went on two dates with him and love the guy. Nothing wrong with him. He's great. Still a pal to this day. But I was just like, I just I just know that this is just not where this is going to go. And I told him so straight up. It was the most clear I've been with a guy, and that is the cleanest like break I have ever experienced with a guy. And he was so straight up and said, "Thank you so much for telling me." And we were actually able to have a good friendship. After that, because we were so clear. And I remember I walked out of that being like, ladies, this is easier than I thought. Just just put on your big, boy, big girl pants for like two minutes, have the conversation, and they will appreciate it, even if it's harder to hear in the moment, because mm-hmm. then there are no, none of those like gray areas. Like get that out of the way. I'm tired of that undating. Go off. Just be clear with people. Um, but yeah, and then that enabled me to be able to look back and be like, that was a fun time. And I don't regret doing that. I don't regret like seeing, you know, but it didn't have to be a big deal.
0: Yeah. I do want to, I hear, I hear what you're saying. I want to say that dating should not just be, and I I don't think you're saying this, Megan, but Mm -hmm. just as encouragement for you, (laughs) just as an encouragement for you guys out there, dating should not be a season or a, or a behavior for the fun of it. It is an objective. There's yeah. the, the objective, if you're dating, is to be married. So to date well, I like that we're ending this episode with kind of tips on how to date well, mm-hmm. um, kind of pivoting off that last misconception. Dating well means, number one, you're in a position where you could get married tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Not that you will, but well, you're in the stage of life to where uh, – this is what I think. I mean, okay, we can interesting. We disagree on this. But you're at the stage of life to where, let's say, I, I'm not really for – eighth grade relationships, to be honest with you, okay? Controversial. It's controversial (laughs) because you're not in a position to commit to somebody. And if the purpose of dating is to make a commitment of marriage, you're not really exactly in that place. I know people that found each other in middle school, dated all the way through, got married when they left high school. Mm -hmm. But they had to get married after they left high school because they weren't actually 18 able to be financially independent from their parents at that time or legally independent from a guardian at that time. So
1: I don't think I understood the sentence that you just said. I'm
0: just saying. They that, had
1: to get married because they couldn't be independent? No,
0: no. They had to wait until they were older to get married, oh. even if they started dating when they were in eighth grade or something oh. like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm saying there are people that can do that. The vast majority of people that date in middle school, high school, early college, uh, maybe not early college, but the vast majority of people that date when they can't get married break up. I don't know a lot of people that went all the way through. I know some, okay? So, I don't want to make this a global rule. Mm -hmm. This is my recommendation, Mm -hmm. okay? As trying to be as wise as I can. Be in a position to where you could get married fairly soon, okay? Make sure that when you date, it is not for some of the other reasons we've talked about in this podcast, which is for the high, for the the relational box to be checked so I can fit in, so I can feel loved. All of those objectives are not good objectives to get into a dating relationship to achieve. I want to feel loved. I want to hold someone's hand at the movies. I want to kiss someone on New Year's Eve. Those are not good reasons to date somebody. The only reason you should date somebody is because you want to get married and you think that might be a potential person. While you're dating, I I swear by the Becoming Something podcast, um, this is something Jonathan Pakluda says in terms of dating, while you're dating, have... A rough checklist of things that you would want in a spouse don't view it as inerrant or anything, but have an idea of what you're looking for and go find it. Date well, don't date to get your remote your romantic boxes checked, but date until you find it and then lock them down. And I don't think we have to make it as pressure um, as pressure filled as we do, which is why I like what you said. just like be honest, be clear. Um, but I really want to speak against the idea of dating to fill needs inside of yourself that are not sinful, but romantic needs that you want to be filled. I think those were my first two relationships. That's how I dated. And both of those ended. And I'm glad that you can look back on your other relationships with like a, yeah, those weren't wasted. For me, my motivations in those two relationships I had before I married you, Mm -hmm. my motivations were fleshly. They were full of, I want to feel important. I want to feel wanted by a person. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find my satisfaction in the Lord alone. That's why I'm talking about it. And I think even in times of our dating relationship, that, you know, compass shifted to where I found myself wanting to be loved by you more than I wanted to be satisfied by the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's just my experience. That's why I'm saying all this stuff. Megan, I don't know if you have any, you know, pushback on that. I'd love to hear it.
1: I think I do have a different opinion, but I think that's because... This does, I feel like this does entirely depend on the person. Maybe. I don't know. This is just me thinking. It's
0: not scripture on dating, so I, I, I think that's the territory we're in. I do
1: not think, I don't think like dating in high school is bad, personally. I know you're not necessarily in the stage where you can get married at 17. I think that's most of the time probably unwise. Um, but at least for me... I don't think I viewed my relationship in high school as this weird need that I'm filling. I don't think, at least in retrospect. Um, It was a situation where it was just a person that I just really liked and liked hanging out with. I just wanted to hang out with him more than I wanted to hang out with everyone else. And in my case at least, that results in me looking back on that relationship and thinking primarily that was such a fun season. Like we just kind of got to grow up and like have fun together because we had a lot of fun together. Um, And maybe that's just because, once again, I'm not very romantic. He wasn't very romantic. I mean, he was very sweet to me, but we weren't necessarily this like always lovey-dovey couple. Like, we were the couple who, like, played Magic the Gathering and, like, were spontaneous and went and did. Like, we just had a lot of the same interests is what I think I'm saying. And so it was almost like this elevated friendship in a way. That, I mean, we did like each other. I don't want to discount that. But um, but I'd, I learned a lot about what I want or need in a way in a relationship. The things that I thought we were okay that I learned about myself I didn't like. You know, you just learn a lot about the kind of things you're drawn to or attracted to or you like or you don't like. Um, and so I came out of that relationship being able to look back on it after a little bit of time <laughs> very fondly and having learned a lot. And so for me, I would say that was a net positive mm-hmm. because I did make some of the best memories in high school with him because in that season— he was just a great person to have around. Just as I grew, that relationship changed. But so I would say, of course, you still need to be walking with the Lord. That is the primary like foundation to any of this. If you are walking with the Lord humbly, he will give you discernment for all of this. Like, you know, but at the time I was in a very good place with the Lord and he was also in a good place with the Lord. So it wasn't like this unhealthy Like, not to say we were perfect at all times. I mean, we were still high schoolers occasionally. Well, we were always high schoolers, but we acted. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, But for the most part, we were, like, encouraging one another in the Lord and also just having fun and, like, being kids, but together. And it was just, like, this good, fun high school romance. And I don't think that was bad.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think there's going to be different relationships, different types of people all over the world. And so if you're listening to this podcast— and you kind of disagreed with anything we said, we'd love to DM with you and just kind of chat with you about it. But in terms of just relationships in general, the most important thing I think is exactly what you said, Megan, is make sure you are getting satisfied in the Lord primarily. Mm-hmm. And if you want to get in a relationship to fill something in yourself that is missing from your relationship with the Lord, um, just letting you know it's going to be harder um when you're in a relationship, to actually have that relationship flourish mm-hmm. if you're finding that satisfaction in the other person. That's why I think for me, it was not really great to date back in middle school, high school, even early college, because I was looking to fill <laughs> something in myself. And you know, it's great to hear that there are situations that that is not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, trust your local church, get plugged into a local church, talk to your elders, talk to your parents, talk to trusted mentors about whether or not you know, if, if you have someone in your life that you want to date, depending on, like, how old you are and stuff like that, talk to them. Talk to trusted older people in your context, in your life that know the details. Don't take anything we say on this podcast for certain. Yeah. This is just our personal experience, our personal advice. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Megan, I value your thoughts. Thank you so much for being a guest here on this Roots podcast.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: And seriously, uh, DM us on roots, uh, dot Pod at Instagram, Uh I kind of flip that around. DM us on Instagram at rootstoppod. Uh Please, we'd love to talk to you guys more. If you have any questions about this, we'd love to even feature some of your questions on a future podcast. We love talking about this stuff. Yeah, uh, We're learning how to be in a married relationship. We're learning how to give that advice out. Mm-hmm. Again, don't take anything we say for Scripture. Go to Scripture. Yeah. Pray. Um, just let the Lord be your guidance in all these areas because this is just our experience we're speaking uh, into microphones in our guest room as a seven-month married couple Uh, seriously guys thank you so much for listening feel free to rate us on spotify or or apple podcasts if you would like if you like the show send it to a friend or two but after that megan do you have any last thoughts for our listeners out there no no. all right Have, have a
1: great day listener
0: have a great day and happy christmas season to you And this has been The Roots Podcast. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye.